0: Hello, welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. And still down in Florida, I'm recording a few of our podcasts down here because I'm surrounded by the best guys in the business. And while I'm here, I brought a microphone, hoping to catch some of those. And today, I'm uh, right now, I'm interviewing Chris Tomlin from Smoke Alert. And I've, I've known Chris for a little while, and I've seen him grow his company rapidly. And he's kind of got a different take and a different angle on the chimney industry and uh, he also has a cool culture and a really great background story. so I wanted to bring him in on the show today. So welcome, Chris. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so uh, I know you're a big dude, you're a big fireman, and you're always surrounded by a bunch of other big dudes. And you guys <laughs> have a cool culture and a, um, and uh, you know a vibe about you guys, which I think is really awesome. And so you've got we're here in Florida. Tell us about Smoke Alert. Tell us about how you decided to even start a business from being a fireman, and, and we'll go from there. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So um,
1: so I started Smoke Alert in 2010. Um, it was actually only about six months after I got hired at the fire department. I always knew I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't know what. Um, of all things, I actually have a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in ceramics. Right. Really? Yeah. And, um, but I went to an awesome school when they, they taught me like work ethic. Like you wouldn't believe. You think the art school, you're not going to get work ethic there. No, this art school, we had 400 kids come in freshman year and there was 200 sophomore year. Because if you couldn't work 18 hours a day on your stuff and be creative 18 hours a day, you weren't going to last. Wow. Right? Um, but I graduated in 05. I was teaching and all of a sudden, you know, what's the first thing you cut when the economy gets bad? The arts, right? And I have a whole family of police and fire so that was my – and I had done construction my whole life. So I was like, you know what? Fire department. Let's go. So I applied, got in after – took me two years to get hired.
0: Now, was this a paid volunteer yeah. fire department? Yeah.
1: So I was volunteering in the beginning. Right. Um, and then literally funny story about that one was that I got the call that I got the job. I was working at a restaurant. I was a high-end restaurant. I was actually waiting on Bill Clinton and Vernon Jordan at the time. Wow. Yeah, and I got the phone call, and they also left me, like, a $500 tip. I was like, oh, man, this kid, this night <laughs> <thing> is crazy. <laughs> and um, started in the fire service. I loved it. It was awesome. But I always knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted something of my own. Um, and um, so started Smoke Alert, but started in a – I had no idea what I was doing. The only thing I – you know, I – I read a ton of audio, listened to a ton of audio books, and tried to try to pour into myself as much as I could, figuring out what I wanted to do. And I was like, "All right, I'm a firefighter. I'm gonna start a home fire safety company. That just makes sense, right?" right. But I didn't know what I was going to do, so I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to you know lead with my heart and say, okay, what's the best thing I can do? And that is to educate people. So educate about home fire safety. So in the beginning, my whole business plan was like." I'm just going to go door to door, knock on doors, tell them, hey, I'm a fireman. I have smoke alarms over here. I want to educate you guys, talk to your kids about it. And I got very disillusioned because the first two houses I went to, I sold them a whole set of alarms. And, like, they, they loved it. And it was awesome. I was like, oh, this is easy. The next 500 houses? No. <laughs> it was all shotguns and shut doors, you know? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. It's funny.
1: <laughs> and um, so I knew I needed a way to get in the door. I knew if I could get in the door, I could educate them. They would see the value in it, you know? I mean, what's more important than your family, right? The safety of your family, yep. right? And so I, um, I started doing dryer van cleaning. Um, but at the same time I was doing dryer van cleaning, I was trying to hunt to get better prices on smoke alarms. Cause at that point I'm literally just driving to home Depot, buying the alarms, yep. bringing them back, putting them in. I didn't want to have inventory. Didn't want to have a bunch of yep. money caught up cause we didn't have any money. Um, and, um, so through that I started contacting first alert, which is the, 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 brand that we distribute, um, and called them and said, Hey, how do I become a distributor? I'm like, well, what are your sales? I'm like thousand bucks. Like... <laughs> Yeah, no. So they were like, yeah, go to this electrical distributor and then build your sales, and then we'll see where we can go from there. So I immediately started looking, how, how do I sell this stuff? you know So I, I started selling on Amazon, started selling on eBay, um, and literally just trying to break even. I'm just trying to move money, move sales. That's it. <clears throat> so if you bought a smoke alarm between 2011 and 2013, first alert on Amazon, it probably came from my garage. Wow. Um, we did... Almost six million dollars in sales our second year. Um, now Amazon is a is a is an animal, right? We I made sixty thousand dollars on that on six million. Yeah, on six million. Yeah, <laughs> it's just but I was working two three hours a day, you know. Yeah. So and I'm still I'm, yeah I'm full time fireman. I'm like this is great, this is awesome. But what I did was, and this is how Amazon grows. Unfortunately, right? They take their third party sellers, they get the product built up to a certain point. So I got a letter in the mail from First Alert saying, hey we need to restructure our distribution agreement. Please call this number. So I call the number and they're like, hey man, um, listen, you can no longer sell on Amazon, eBay, anything anymore. I'm like, why? And like, well, we can't really disclose that. 24 hours later, Amazon is selling all that stuff. What? Yeah. I had $350,000 in inventory in my garage.
0: I remember you talking about this. Yeah.
1: And it was like the first example of just a, a kick in the gut that like, And I'm literally like I'm folded up on the couch like just I don't know what I'm going to do. My wife had already quit her full time job, staying home with our first child who's six months old. I'm just like,
0: wow,
1: I don't even know what to do. You know, it was like my first instance of that as a business owner. And it was actually my wife who literally just like came up to me. She's like, are are you laying here? Is this going to do any good? I'm Like, no. She's like, well, get up and do something. Just do something. So that forced me to grow the service side of the business. I had already started my own website and we're selling on there, but I'm selling six, seven orders a day. Okay. Nothing. You know, peanuts. And um, But it forced me to do that. Six months later, I hired my first employee, which is Keith, the uh, silver fox downstairs yeah. Yeah, that yeah. runs our whole operations now. Yeah. Um, and he was the one after like six months, he's like, dude, all right, we're, let's talk about where we're going. What are we doing? How are we doing it? And he's like, man, we need to start doing chimneys. Hmm and i was like all right well let's see what that looks like so send him to csa school did that and he had a 20 years of construction experience and this is the kind of guy that can like he's just a problem solver go get her figure it out like you know they always talk about like what can you expect out of an employee right and you're getting if you're getting like 80 percent of what you think you should do or even 60 you're crushing it right yeah this guy gives the same as me right. if not more sometimes nice just amazing and um so from there, got the business um, going, started doing chimneys. But we did it, you know, in the beginning, it was just, it was it was a mess, right? We're like, yeah, we're just going to do inspections. That's it. But then the customers are like, wait, well, so you can't fix this stuff? They're right? <laughs> like, I mean, well, okay, well, let's start doing caps. Let's start doing this. Let's start doing that. And yeah. just honestly learning as we went. Yeah. Um, and then just started going and growing and and moving. And um, and I was still a full-time fireman at the time. Um, I didn't actually leave the fire service till we were about six years into the business. So about six years ago, we've been in business for 12 years. And, um, and one of the main reasons I left the fire service was, um, we, we, we lost a daughter during childbirth. Um, she was, uh, it was a cord prolapse, um, stillborn. Um, and she would have, she would be eight in May this year. Wow. And, um, it was, it, 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 it rocked me, um, as it should, right? I mean, <laughs> um, and, it was a situation where once I went back to the fire service, um, I just, the, the calls that we went to, cause you see so much stuff that it just messes with you. And then after that, I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, luckily at that point, the business was going well enough where I could afford to do that. And I was so blessed to, to have that. Um, and, uh, and then from there it was like, okay, it took a good year for me to really get my head back on straight, to really feel like myself again, to feel like I, you know, I hadn't like, you know, to feel driven and been purposeful. Um, but then we just kept going and kept pushing and driving, and and now we um, we're doing. Uh, we got, let's hold, We got, let's see, nineteen trucks now. Uh, wow. In three cities. So we're in uh, Raleigh, Charlotte, and Atlanta. Um, started in Raleigh. Bulk of the trucks are there. To our first, our first jump to the new lo- location in Charlotte was like, it was deceiving, um, because we hired another just absolute rock star. I mean, just dude just bought in like crazy, and so we're like, this is easy. Like, why don't we let's go to like seven cities? <laughs> exactly, you know, come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to Atlanta, and um, and yeah, no, right. first hire. We thought he was good. He was just good at hiding stuff. You know, because remote, as you know, with remote stuff, man. Yeah. Um, second hire, same thing. Just like, oh, man, come on. Finally, we hit we hit the jackpot with our third. Yeah. And he's, uh, Justin, down in Atlanta, he's, he's a rock star. He's yeah. passionate, lo- all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the real, the, the secret sauce of what we do is that every home we go to, we do a free home fire safety check. As in, we check the smoke alarms, carbon monoxide alarms, fire extinguishers. If there's kids home, we do exit drills with the kids. Wow. Um, <clears throat> And then we also, because of our relationship with First Alert, right, because we get the pricing that we do, which I'll talk about that in a second, too, um, we're able to, you know, we make probably about, you know, uh, margins aren't great on smoke alarms, but we're still, we can make a little extra money selling smoke alarms, installing them. It's like it's icing on the cake. And we're providing an awesome service. Literally, I get calls at least once a month about. That fire extinguisher you sold me, you know, um, it put out a kitchen fire last week. The smoke alarms woke us up in the middle of the night because we had a house fire. Like, nothing. there's literally, like, I nothing better, right? Yeah. To really feel like you're impacting Your people's lives like that. Your service
0: helping save people. There, yeah. It's like what, why we all do it. Why you became a fireman. Why you got in this fire safety thing. Yeah. There's something inside of us that makes us want to help people or protect them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, on this... Um, you still do that's part of your model that's you, you never really the chimney sweep model came third or fourth in yeah. your business plan and honestly it's third
1: or fourth priority yeah because when we are our, our main metric, metric that we gauge on our performance our guys is fire safety sales cuz are they are they bought into our mission are they um are they are they educating people properly because if i walk into a house and your alarms are 13 years old cuz smoke alarms have a 10 year functional lifespan and I, I educate you properly about it. It's not terribly expensive, right? Um, if you're not doing it, it's because I didn't educate you enough. Wow. Because you, you're going to tell me that your family isn't worth $400, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of 10 years. It's,
0: you know, cents on the day, you know? You know, what I love about this is that you kind of created your own niche. Like, I don't know of anybody. I mean, is there, are there other companies no. that do this? Mm-mm. Like, you created out of just pure thought and grit uh, a whole nother thing that's not really out there. I mean, that's amazing. I think, you know, it's not like you really copy somebody. You had a passion idea and through getting your butt kicked a few times and learning a lot, you created a whole nother business that's just not out there. That's so cool. Yeah. does anybody try has anybody approached you to copy your process or franchise it or well
1: honestly that's uh, that's one of my big things that i want to work on next is being able to honestly educate people of how to do it Mm -hmm. same thing not through franchising but us as because we're national distributors for first alert so we 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 sell right now we sell all over the country we do probably like you know 30 or 40 orders a day not big like that but our bulk sales are where it's that the part of that business that is really really great so when the hurricane came through puerto rico and and the power was out we sold six thousand units to puerto rico Fantastic! Um, you know all the hotels that change them out. you know because we can the amazons can't play in that realm they can't because we can you know we can make 10 cents on a unit per unit and ship them out and never touch them then drop ship them yeah where amazon can't move like that can't move quick enough either yeah um And so with that side of the business, it has honestly, it's, it's our actual like when people are ordering online, they're calling us because we when they call in, they get an awesome guy on the phone named Eric who's been with me forever. He was actually my pastor before that too. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and his whole, again, mission, mission first, right? He's educational. He talks to him. He'll talk, he'll have a 15 minute conversation with somebody about their smoke alarms to make sure they have the right ones to ensure that their home is as safe as possible. And so that's how that is, has grown because we, we can't compete price wise. We're never going to because of the deals that they're going to give Amazon, of course. Right. Um, but um, one thing I wanted to talk about um, with, with the persistence factor of things. First alert, right? Um, when I first got on with them and they agreed to actually allow us to start selling directly through them after I proved myself with those sales on right. Amazon and all that, I kept going back to them and I literally, I would email them once a week, I'd call them once a week and I'd do a handwritten letter once a week to say, guys, I can't compete with these guys, my pricing is this, and it took me almost a year of that. And finally, they sent me a PO from Amazon, from Walmart, from Target. And they're like, "Look, here's your new pricing. It's the same as all theirs. Stop calling us. <laughs> Leave us alone."
0: <laughs> Dude, I love that. And so they now you're on that same level.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I can That's... I can actually compete at a, nice. on,
0: a, on a level playing field with them. Um, you know. So let's talk about um, your culture. It mm-hmm. feels like you culture is very important to you. And you always bring a team with you. And clearly a lot of you fire service guys come from a very uh very interesting culture that it, it breeds something in you guys about organization and teamwork and talk about one how important it is to you, but two, how do you build and foster that? Sure, absolutely. So
1: we have a a um a funny, not funny, but a it's almost easier for us, and here's why, right? So we're, we're talking about well, hiring. real quickly,
0: there are, a lot of your guys are firemen too, right? Yeah.
1: Every single employee we have that's oh. in the field is a fireman. Okay. Full-time, volunteer, part-time, in some or form or fashion, right? Wow. So every single one of them, which in, in, I always talk to people about that. Well, that, that doesn't that limit your hiring pool? I was like, yes, it does, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and because I get guys who they went to a job before and did that job. They didn't do it with the money. They did it because they had a passion for something. And that's the part you can't teach, Right. You can't teach someone to be passionate about this, right? But when they already have like a a, a seed or a nugget of that passion, and then now you can teach them how, hey, this home you go to today, you have an opportunity to save their life. By properly educating them about that extinguisher, that smoke alarm, and more in bigger picture, right? The chimney, the dryer event, yes. you know, uh, all that. The things that can um,
0: cause the fire.
1: Right, yeah. Um, and then we have things that prevent the fire or alert them of the fire, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we've been very intentional about making sure. Um, and when I say that, we've made tons of mistakes. I have, I have, I have. Fired way too slow because I'm because I'm because I'm a bleeding heart. I mean, literally had the conversation with you. Yeah. I remember a couple years ago, and you're like, "Dude, you need to let him go." And it was like six months later. I finally fired. I'm yeah. like,
0: oh. okay. We all are. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but um, and I, I, I can't honestly like I give credit to to Keith, my ops guy, to to Blake, uh, to to all my guys because we we plant I plant the seed. But they grow it, man. They're watering it. They're the ones who are out there every day driving our mission, making that the first priority period, not 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 money-focused. Even though, you know, the flip side of that is we pay commission as well, and my mm-hmm. guys can make great money. Sure. I mean, our my Charlotte guy was laying asphalt making $34,000 a year, and now he can go you know, upwards of six figures, you know? Exactly. Um, and it, that, that's what gets me out of bed every morning, to be honest, knowing yeah. that we have a system – and a place that people come to work can love it, can enjoy it, can and and then support their family the way you should. You
0: well, know? and they can benefit from their efforts. They can benefit from their education. To me, so much more fairly than hourly. Like, how do you tell somebody they're worth X an hour? I I, I can't do yeah. that. I don't know that. I can only set up a, a you know a process that says. I've got a system. If you play in it, you're going to pull your weight and can make a very good living. If you're not going to pull your weight very much, you're making an okay living. And if you don't pull your weight at all, you can't work for me. Yep. It's going to make you go broke. And not that I'm all about sales. It's all about the safety and, the, and that first. But if you're good at that, sales naturally Yeah, come. they naturally flow from that. All yeah, you've good product. But I love your model. So back to the, the culture part you come from the fire service you got fire guys so you naturally have a certain brotherhood mm-hmm. how do you foster that to you know get tighter or is it natural or do you actively cuz let me just say from my experience i have culture that can kind of go it can kind of move up and down yeah. sometimes it's fantastic with certain guys sometimes they don't they're starting to not work out or some things are changing the culture or I've had to make big changes in the company and culture suffers like my culture ride feels like a roller coaster absolutely there's 100%. times it's great and times that it's not great and I'm always working to try to make it great but do you so you have the same kind of experience yeah same kind of experience
1: and and it, but it's it's pointed at me because of not Firing as fast as I should because of not, um, you know, focusing so much on the heart stuff, which is why, you know, Keith is is our, he's our hammer, right? Um, But he was such a hammer when he came on. He had to come over more towards me to be a great leader, but he couldn't come all the way because if he came all the way, it would be a mess,
0: (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) Too much much heart. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean,
1: um, but it's really just coming back. I, I tell all my guys as much as humanly possible, like, we 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 lead. I lead with understanding and empathy first. I you know I try to drill into yeah. my folks in the office. Like when someone calls in and, com- and and has an issue or a problem, lead with that and lead with one that our guys did the right thing, right? Yeah. Not that you're going to say that to the customer, but don't be like come in and be like, oh, why did he do this? No, no. Exactly. Lead with they did it right, right? Empathize with the customer, like you talked about the two coins. Yeah. I yeah I I, I heard when you said the two coins, I was like, wait, is that? Uh, oh yeah, I now I remember that because <laughs> yeah, um, but you you immediately you don't make it a problem of like us versus them. You get on their side like oh, yeah, if exactly. this I can't believe this happened. Yeah, I, if it was
0: me, honestly, I'd be more than mad than you are right now. Yeah, I would. I'd be. Thank you, thank you, know. you for allowing me. Thank you yeah. for telling me about this. Like yeah. I literally thank them not for being mad, but they're passionate back at me. And as soon as I can realize what we need to do better. Mm-hmm. I'm on their side, and you know just for those of you that don't remember or haven't seen the you know the two tokens really quickly, whenever there's a problem, you have two tokens you can take you can take the it's not a big deal token or you can take the it's the end of the world token and the more I learn this process, I try to take the it's the end of the world token because it normally makes them come off of like if you take it's the no big deal token they take the other one till it's the end of the world token for them and then they keep coming at you and they can't believe how flippant you are that you don't care but if you go all the way the other end and say my gosh it's so bad and you go you really make it they almost can't go further yeah they come back from it and go hey no big deal. let's work on like they come back and to your point when you learn that tactic it's so helpful yeah, and and just a little backstory on that. So, the I learned that
1: from a guy named Greg Rinaldi. He was uh, he was a general manager at Sullivan's. I was a manager at Sullivan's, and that job taught me so much because seven eight times a night I would have to talk to some rich guy who he overcooked his steak or messed it up, and I'd have to figure out a way to resolve it. So it was like problem solving on yes. steroids. Wow. Um, and I look back, and everyone's like, oh, you worked in
0: restaurants. That must have been no. – I was like, dude, that taught me more than almost anything. You know, almost everybody should work in a restaurant at some yeah. point yeah. to find out what good customer service is and how to be nice to people because you get the worst of oh people. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You'd think, you know, you'd think their food was, was everything in their life. But. Yeah. So what's the plan for you guys? Like what do you – you had a fast growth model. You know, we all go through these up and downs. Uh, are you in, like with you know some of the unknown with the economy? Are you in like foundational stabilization stabilization mode? Or are you in growth mode? Like, what what's your thought? So
1: we're all, we're still in growth mode, um, but only because honestly, if I wasn't, I would I, I, I would I would get bored. I get complacent. I just I need to be doing something to move the needle forward. Yeah, because like I said, there's there's no actually there's no maintaining. You're either getting going backwards or forwards, mm-hmm. um, but. We're going to do it without adding more people. So we're going to invest in our people, get our truck numbers up, get our sales up through yeah. the people we have because we have an amazing group of people. Like We, we, we have the guys and, and gals that are, that are crushing it, that are invested, that love it. Now let's invest more in them, pour into them, and, and through that we will grow. Um Yeah, you
0: know, so for us, we call that some. For us, that's kind of foundational. Yeah, let's take sure. what we got. Let's sure up what we got. Yes. Sure up each truck growth. Sure up our processes and in our. And that's exactly my thought this time yeah. right now. Because mm-hmm. you can grow real fast and kind of get unstable, and you start losing some things. And I always go through these ebbs and flows of growth. There's a growth one way with adding a bunch of trucks and people and locations, and then there's the other growth of let's trim the fat, let's be better per guy, let's make more per sale, let's maybe even see less people but make more from, make sure they know of all the products that we can sell, we, we that we have and all the services we provide. Yeah. Versus of one service to a million people you know, let's get 10 services to 100,000 people kind of a thing. So, yeah. Um, and I think that's a natural progression, right? That's, that's kind of
1: how, in my mind, it works, right? You add people and then you, you trim it back a little bit and you, you focus and you
0: you refine them. And, yep. and, you know, I think a lot of people may be interested in your multi-city mm-hmm. growth plan. Like a lot of people like, how do you do it? Like for us we normally train a technician where we are and mm-hmm. we send him to a location that we want to open up and at first it's a remote kind of a thing where we're still doing everything back in Nashville but we're kind of feeding that guy till he starts to you know grow roots yep and um we try to see if it's got legs and if he's a leader and can do it and we still run most of the stuff back at the hub. Sure. How do you do it?
1: Yeah, um similar. Um okay. everything runs through our Garner office, Raleigh office, um where like, you know, the, the folks in the office are the ones who schedule all the appointments, all that. You know, we use the same program you do, Smart oh, yeah. Service mm-hmm. iFleet. Um and um <clears throat> and when it came when it comes to Charlotte, we actually we before when when I when I hired Blake, um, it was like We were like, all right, how are we going to work this out? And he was like, well, I'm actually looking to get in a storage unit uh, or a building on my property. I was like, listen, I'll split it with you and and let's do it that way. Let's try it out. See what happens. And it worked out great. Right. Honestly, because again, because he's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, with, With Atlanta... It was, all right, we're going to do storage unit, right? Mm-hmm. And especially because it was just like, all right, we knew that was special now at that point. We knew it wasn't necessarily going to work out the same. Um, and when in, in Raleigh, we have everything shipped to us except for obviously, uh, you know, in Raleigh, like caps, everything comes to us. But in Charlotte, we ship everything directly to the customer. Oh. Um, and except for fireplaces, right? Okay. Um, and... And I was a little leery of that in the beginning, but honestly, it's all about expectations, right? If you lay that out in the beginning and you say, look, here's how much the cap is, here much install is, it's going to come right to your door and it's going to look like this. So I'm picture, you know, how, how it comes in and are you are you comfortable with that? And if you're not, no big deal, but then we have to charge another $300 to receive it and deliver it. I like right, that. That's your choice, right? Um, and. 99.9% of the time, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And also, you know, it's a it's a stainless steel cap. So if it sits out in the rain, who gives a rip, you know? Yeah. It's going to be out there all day anyway.
0: Cool. <laughs> I like that.
1: Um, and uh, so there was challenges there because it was, hey, how do we receive this? And even right now, we, we just got our, 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 our commercial space in Charlotte, um, finally, um, that we can do receiving and all that. But now it's like we don't actually – have staffing for it you know and and so for now what we do with Blake is he'll do he'll have an office day like you know once a week and then we'll have everything try to get timed right to get shipped at that point and all um And, um, and, and, and then with Atlanta, kind of similar thing, but Atlanta is just a, just uh, our guy, Justin is just is, is great. And he'll, he'll receive stuff at his house if he needs to, and then bring it to the storage unit or we're still trying to work out a deal with the storage unit to be able to do receiving for us. And they're hesitant. I'm like, dude, just give me a number. Like you you really don't want to make
0: more money. Like, come on. (laughs) You know, those are, that's very similar thought process and, and also issues that we have. Nobody there to receive it. Uh, we start when a storage unit, the first guy in, in Charleston, we started in his garage. Yep. And then a storage unit, then two storage units, and then a building, a really crappy building, now a much better building. Nice. Uh, we started with more income in uh, our latest one, which is Milwaukee, with a not decent place and all that. But I don't know that it's better because we spend a lot. Because, like you said early on, you got got to figure out the manager, you got to figure out leadership. Are they good? Are they not? We've we've gone through a few guys to find it, and and you know we started with the most. But I don't know that it's any better than the other ways. Like you're starting, like I started my first two, Starting with a lot of money might mean you just spend more money to begin yeah. with, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so let's let talk about one more thing on. Um, Let's talk about why, like, let's talk about family. Let's talk about what you do to, you know, you got a, you got a lot of employees, you got a lot of trucks, uh, you got a family at home. Tell us about how you maintain, you know, that home life and that, you know, father and all that stuff with all these people that need you to be the leader.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I was hoping you were going to ask me that. I
0: was. Um, yeah. Because
1: that's one of those things where I, for the longest time, I got all of my self worth from the business, right? And because it was, you know, I get, you know, I'm walking every day. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Chris, yeah, oh, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all big cheering fest." Because I'm a words of affirmation person, 100, percent right? Oh yeah. So it was, it was just easy, low hanging fruit to be like, "Oh, I feel happy here." And so, what am I going to do? I'm going to pour on in. I'm going to work more, work more, work more. And I had to shift that to learning how to get value, the, my value from my family. And from, uh, you know, from my kids and um, because as much as like leadership in my business matters, like the at, at the conference when they talked about what's the one thing that you want to be remembered for. And mine was dad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to. Whew, um, <laughs> it's it's. um So as far as balance goes, I had to. And it's through my, my wife is the one who brought my balance. You know, both between her saying, Look, you this this isn't normal, this isn't healthy, like we need to figure this out to also um, you know, like like she was the one that got me off the couch, right? She's right. the one who, you know, I can confide in and talk to and unload with because as business owners who, who do we do that with right it's you hard. know yeah and that's why i love this stuff because you build relationships and you can call i called mike fazey all the time i'm like yeah. dude this is what's going on he's like oh i know i had this too man oh yeah. um, but with with the family stuff man um one awesome thing that we're doing right now as a family um that we made a choice for is we're actually in the process of becoming foster parents really yeah, yeah. um we it was always a passion of ours um that we thought about because We were actually told that we had like less than a three percent chance even having kids. Yeah. Um, and so it took us almost five years before um my wife had 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 a miscarriage, and then she had another miscarriage, and then we had we had my son, um, and then you know, we had my daughter, and we're like, What the heck? This is crazy. Like, we were actually in the middle of doing classes for foster care when we got pregnant with my son, because at that point we gave up. We're like, you know what, it's not gonna happen, no big deal. We're gonna we're gonna love and serve. Kids somehow, some way. Wow. Um, and um, and so yeah, that's and and because that's my big. You know what? If I were to say like, what do I want to give my kids? I want to give them the gift of of having a great work ethic and having compassion for people and loving on people, right? And mm-hmm. and and uh, we are so so blessed with my kids, right? Um, I just for just brag on my oldest son Owen. Like the kid is not even 12 years old. He's 11 years old, right? And he does uh, all kinds of – he does travel hockey. He does cross country. He's awesome in school. And then when he's home, he's like, I mean, I haven't touched a dish in probably four years. Mm. He washes all the dishes, unloads the dishes, takes the trash out. I mean, and then he'll say, hey, is there anything else I can do? Can, you know? And wow. it just – that's the kind that's of stuff – yeah I know I know man and I'm like and people always ask me like what did you do It was like I, I, no, I don't he's know just wired yeah, that way. yeah he's just wired that way and yeah. just he's a hustler he's got work ethic but I can see myself in him so I gotta I have to make sure I temper that too I'm like dude like it's in terms of going too too high too fast too far having unrealistic expectations for yourself like because yeah. I know we're wired very similarly in that regard mm-hmm. um, but the foster care piece like it was okay. How do we, you know, one, we want to just serve kids, right? We, uh, you know, kids. I, I love kids. I'm the, I'm the creepy guy that like, there's a cute baby on the airplane. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but on the, on, um, and. And so just loving on them and, and, and then this might, we, we talked to our kids first before we even did it. Like, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, Oh, that'd be amazing. Like, you know, so having their hearts for service, having their hearts for love. Yep. And, um, but for me, like personally outside of family and that and, and business, I, my biggest thing is I have to, um, I have to work out. Um, if I don't lift weights, if I'm not, um, like physical in some way or form several days a week, I feel it. I immediately, I start just crashing. Right and and so I have to make that time for myself. Yeah, that's like that's me. I go, I'll you. work out forty five minutes to an hour. I'll hit the sauna for fifteen minutes, then go straight to a
0: cold shower as humanly possible. And like it's just like wow, it's just like it just, that's good. it's just good. I mean, li- it's
1: life giving. You know,
0: yeah, that's one of the things we talked about this weekend. A lot of people don't do any kind of recovery. Yeah, put themselves under stress, and in a way, lifting weights is stress. But you, then you have the recovery from that, and you have a process. Yeah. So back on the on the foster kid thing is that happening is there a time frame is it are you lined up to do it or are you just you waiting we're in the we're in the process of doing the classes and paperwork that
1: is like you talk about paperwork like holy moly and and my daughter Mm -hmm. who uh, my my middle child she's just like she is just she's a no bullshit person she just like calls it like it is. she's like we are good people. Why do we have to do all this? Like, <laughs> sweetie, it's to protect the kids. If not, you know, it's yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, so we're about probably, I'd say we're probably two to three months away because we have another six weeks of classes and then finishing all the paperwork up to be able to actually start that and then get our first placement and um, you know uh, and just and just see how it goes because they, they tell us all the time they're like, listen, I know you think you want to do this, uh, but so I mean, it's it's heavy, man. It's 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 really yeah. really heavy. And, and the, the awesome part is though, that learning, le- learning, honestly, in the classes I've done so far, it's made me a better dad. I'm like, I see behaviors my kids are doing and the way they teach you how to deal with that. It's like, you go back to like what caused those behaviors. So why is my daughter the way she is because yeah. of, of, of the loss of her sister, mm. you know? And because we we have to help her through that to get her over. Um, she does competitive figure skating, right? And, uh, and just, she's just a a freaking beast too. I mean, just awesome. And she's out there competing with like 13 and 14 year olds and she's furious because she didn't win. <laughs> and, but it's like, sweetie, it's okay. Like you, you, you in five years, you'll, you'll smash them. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, just, just great. Well, I love that you're, you know, instilling that work ethic in your kids and that competitiveness. I think it's important. I think sometimes parents, we don't do a good job of, of holding our kids accountable and and uh, actually being good leaders to our kids. A lot of times we, you know, we want to be their friends and not be the hard one to say the hard thing. But it rem- so it leads me to the kind of final question is, is leadership. Like, one, where did you get, you know, your leadership style? Um, and, uh, you know, when people try – one of the biggest challenges when I talk to people is – just leading people I don't care what business you're in the people are the hardest thing and what are some tips or ideas that you that you go by or things you tell yourself or you know just maxims that you believe in for leadership Um, well I think that one of the biggest things is that
1: they're going to be if if I want them to be here like mid-level in terms of performance happiness I need to be up here they need to see me doing this and being the guy who's, who's coming in happy no matter what, who's coming in uh, just, just pouring himself into this to even get them to get halfway or even three quarters. Yeah. And in terms of like where that came from, man, um, growing up, um, so I lost my father when I was super young. I was only nine months old and he, got, he was in a car accident and, and passed oh, wow. away. And so my mom um, raised us and... Um, <laughs> Literally lived in my in my grandparents' attic, um, you know, until I was six or seven, and seeing her work mm-hmm. the way she did, and I um, mean my sister, my sister runs a, a real estate company in Jersey. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think they did uh, like 400, 500 million last year. Um, you know, like we are both grinders. We're both, and and it, and, and I point back to. My mom with that. Yeah. That as far as work ethic goes. Now, in terms of the leadership side of things and caring thing, um, that's my grandfather. Uh Um, This guy (sighs) passed away four years ago, five years ago. And um, he always found a way to be interested in what I was in. Right. Yeah. So I got into, you know, aggressive skating. So he's like, oh, let's go, let's go build a ramp. And while we're building the ramp, he's teaching me how to use a screwdriver, teaching me how to cut wood, teaching me how to weld, teaching me all this stuff. And and you know, having that in my life, um, it just showed me that like you, you've, like he, like um, I can't remember the speaker's name, but not not interesting, but interested, right? Yeah. He was interested in me. Yeah. And finding what made me tick, and then made himself interested in that. Yeah. So that's honestly what. My biggest thing is I try to know my people, learn about my people, show up for them when yeah. when things happen, uh, when bad things happen. That's right. Um, and it it sounds, you know, honestly for me because that's the way I'm wired. It's honestly like I don't I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like I just this is just how I live my life, right? Um, but I get that it, it, it's hard for some personality types. It's hard to some people have to force that. Yeah. But um, for me, that's that's everything. It's just it's it's the people. It's figuring out what makes them tick, um, and then doing little things to just, you know, surprise people and, and show them that love and, like, those like the fist
0: bump cards and stuff yeah. like that, you know, like, just, yeah. Well, you know, it's a very servant leadership mentality. You know, you have that servant leadership thought process, and uh, I think that's always the best thing. And then, also, you have a very empowering leadership style where you want to empower people. You want to see them win. You're not trying to hold them down or... Put them under, you know, micromanagement type leadership. You're more of a, you know, cheer them on, cheer them up. Uh, but you're going to be – it's a shadow of the leader too. You're going to show what you expect in the way to be and then you expect that. You know, when they go out of it, you know, that's when you have, the hammer has to come. The, the not-so-nice Chris has to come out. <laughs> but, uh, man. I'm still, I'm still trying to learn how to be him though. I, I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all have – things in our personality, and our leadership style that we're like oh I wish I could be a little more like that or a little less like yeah. this but it's all a game there's a million ways to be a good leader but I think it starts with your heart I mean I think great leadership has to be heart driven to begin with and then you know then you develop from that and there's not one way or another that works always but I think heart driven empowerment style leadership is hard to beat you know it, yeah. that's how you really grow a business you know a really a, one that can grow and scale when you have that at the base so man it's been a pleasure i appreciate you being here and uh, guys i hope you enjoyed our time with chris um if they lived again tell me your areas that you service yeah so in the raleigh market we go as far
1: west as the greensboro area to east the selma to north of creedmoor south to fayetteville so a really big area in raleigh and then charlotte southern charlotte area and then Atlanta's is up in northern canton area
0: And is it just smokealert.com? You put Smoke Alert in Google, you'll find us. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) Man, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and we'll talk to you soon.